Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is December 17th. We have WDB Clash of Champions to talk about. In case you guys missed that, I did two new news updates on uh, our YouTube t- today that uh, covered the death of Tom Zink and Daniel Cormier, Chase Sherman, a few UFC fighters talking about the Young Bucks, Ring of Honor. Those are also on the stories over at Fightful.com, so make sure you all check that out. Also, check out my Ring of Honor Final Battle post-show podcast uh, based on the numbers that we've gotten both on YouTube and our uh, downloads, I will be doing those from here on out post-show for uh, Ring of Honor. This January 4th, myself and Robbie Radford will join you later in the afternoon. and We will bring you a Wrestle Kingdom 12 post-show as well, so make sure you all check that out. And as always, we have live coverage of all these shows in addition to all your news, podcasts, photos, videos, forums across fight for, or across uh, wrestling. MMA and boxing. We got it all for you, my friends. I am joined by one Alexander Palowski. Alex, you look festive. Festive, uh, as always. Uh I uh I'm off. You you couldn't give me the scoop. I could have in, I could have included this in the new Fightful Wrestling Weekly. I, I give behind the scenes fightful news all the time. I didn't have the scoop on this. Well, not only uh is it the season uh with the reason but also it's rusev day so i figured it was a double celebration uh and that's why i've decided to uh to go all out with the uh christmas lights around my neck uh for those of you only only listening on the podcast and not watching on youtube that's why you should watch on the youtubes that's true i'm a little envious of your your scenery because i have very limited scenery i can switch from here i've got a few different angles i can go 
That's really it. I can't color it up a lot. Yeah. When I move, eventually that will change. But until now, you got me beat, Alex. You went from the prison to to the Christmas playpen, so to speak. So I'm also joined by Anna Bowert. Anna, what's up? Um, it's a lot of crying on tonight's show. What's um, what's up with that? I feel like I should be joining in too and, and stating the obvious and making everyone really confused. Oh yeah. That's what's up. We will talk about that crying. Uh, hot damn. Lots to talk about on this, this clash of champions show, but then I want your thoughts as a whole. What did you think of this show? It seems to be the general feeling of a lot of these, um, single brand shows recently they start off really great and the momentum it's like very promising and then as we get closer and closer to the end it's like oh 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 okay i thought early um, on the exception of the second last match oh look who it is hi it is one jeffrey hawkins joining us as well well, I didn't think Anna was in tonight, and I saw her on the stream, and I went, well, maybe I'm not needed. And then I decided to sneak in to see if she had dropped out any F-bombs this early on. She hasn't gotten us demonetized yet, but the fortunate <laughs> thing is we always win our manual reviews. So whatever. As long as a thousand of you all watch this thing within the first seven days, we're golden. And Look, you I, I feel that, the so. need right now with the sheedy nominations being out to say if you like family-friendly commentary, Botox. Good God. Good <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. Well, you know, I don't have enough room. If on you my like mantle. to be educated, vote for me. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And if, and if you like crazy wacky shenanigans, <laughs> vote for oh, That is fantastic. Oh, okay, okay. No. We got a show to talk about, you guys. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm marveling at the wonder of Alex's sweater fireplace TV. It's looked like you threw up Christmas in there. It's it's like you literally like barfed Christmas. It's a sickness, and I have it. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, well, Sean. Start, we'll talk about this pre-show. First off, I want to say whoever's writing for any of these women needs to not write for these women ever mm-hmm. again. Uh, that Naomi promo was miserable, and it was all dialogue. Her delivery didn't help. Then Tamina says – like stops and looks at Lana and goes, "Yeah, ravishing one." And I was like, "You, you asses! Why would you have her say this?" You Alice, want to feel the glow. I, I know that occasionally, I, guys. There are four of us on a show. Let me direct the damn thing. I was like, Alex, Alex. Outside of addressing me on Monday Night Raw shows, I can't imagine you've often said, "Yeah, ravishing one." Not, not only to my wife. But, you know, that's just, you know, our own personal alone time. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, that's terrible writing. It's awful. Uh, no one speaks like that. No one should speak like, like that. Definitely not to Mina. So, yeah, no, this whole, this whole thing was just ill-advised from the very beginning. Uh, just awful. At least there was no talk of gay meat. Yeah, that's so I'm happy true. about that. That's true. Anna, recently, Tom Cassiello said on a, on a podcast interview that often a lot of the younger writers, the newer writers, rather, are given the, the female storylines. I think that has something to do with why this dialogue is so bad. 
I was thinking about it this week and I came to the conclusion that they are just essentially trying to put total divas in a ring. This is, I think they're trying to make a continuation of the show or the story it's or something. It's way better though. Total Divas is way better. I, I don't care either way. I want to see women wrestling and competing. Like I wrote in my notes, I really wish I could see Charlotte wrestling right now. This match was a pile of flaming shit. This division, they've written it and it is a pile of flaming shit. I'm so sick of this. There's so much potential in there. Look what they've done to Charlotte for crying out loud. I didn't swear. If you had the over at six minutes before we got demonetized, you win. <laughs> Jeff, these... word. <laughs> Description. Uh, outside of this this women's segment, we didn't have a lot on the pre-show. We, there, there was New Day, but this this women's segment really stood out because it was the same old everybody yell and argue at the same time thing, kind of like the way this show started tonight. Well, you kind of stole my thunder a bit. I, w- I was going to bring up the Cassiello point as, as well. Um, I think it makes perfect sense. It's guys who aren't necessarily into the continuity of the product, trying to learn the format of the scripting even, trying to show that they can write in a WWE-type style. It's no wonder that it just seems repetitive over and over again. I'm not shocked by this revelation at all. In fact, now it makes total sense to me why the women's segments stink all the time. When you have junior writers, they write poorly until they learn the style. And then once they, I mean, and then once they get good, they decide to put them on other people as opposed to keeping them with the women. So the women never get better. They keep on always getting the new guy over and over and over again. On the, other end of the, yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, I want to give Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh a lot of credit oh. for the stuff that they did this week. Yes. Jeff, that was unbelievable, especially, and it really peaked with that, that Mojo Raleigh, that two-minute promo he did via a phone like yesterday. Like, it was awesome. I'm going to end you. I'm going to hurt you. That's all I want in wrestling is someone looking at a camera and saying that they're going to kill somebody. That's all I want in wrestling. And it was beautiful. If Zack Ryder's promo today at the stadium would have been in the camera as well, this would have been great. Everything they do, not on the network, that's on their social media and stuff in terms of promos and stuff, has been great this year in terms of everybody on the roster knows how to cut a promo. We just never get to see it on the main shows. All I want out of wrestling is six people failing to dropkick each other at the same time. Anna, uh, this these promos led into this match that I thought was was pretty good. Like, for Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder, it was hard-hitting. Zack Ryder came out really aggressive. There were a few, like, very simple but good spots out of Mojo, like running Ryder into the barricade, the shoulder to the knee. And that finish that he has out of the corner where he just wallops a guy, he manages to make that look pretty good. Uh, what did you think of the match and the, the promos that they, I would estimate, they took upon themselves to do? Yeah, and then this match kind of highlighted that. They both brought it, but it seems like they are both very aware that this is now their time to show everyone what they can do, and they're delivered. Mojo, I think, is is incredible what he's bringing out. Um, there's that point at the end of the match, Mojo won and just screaming in Ryder's face that he, he did it, he didn't have what it takes, all that kind of stuff. And this is actually something that I'm I want to see how this progresses. I want to see how these guys develop and I can see Mojo in particular actually moving forward up the ladder possibly up to a title next and this is fantastic like a year ago could not have said this about either of them 
Mojo has turned into quite the actor, quite quite the guy for promo delivery. Alex, what kind of impressions did Mojo make on you this week, whether it be the promos, the in-ring, and where do you see him going from here? Because, I mean, he, he does have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal win, that, that feather in his cap, and that win, last eliminating Jinder Mahal, looks a lot better now than it did then. So you have that to kind of hang his hat on as well. Yeah, you know, his uh, his promo work has really impressed me. Even before this week, like he when he was doing his, his solo stuff, um, on uh, on SmackDown itself, like it, it felt real, it felt natural. It felt like this guy's got uh, he's got something that allows him to actually move beyond, you know, the cut and dried, um, you know, static promos of SmackDown. Um, I liked him in this match. Uh, I, I love his running punch thing as a finish. Um, although I kind of missed the pounce. It's fine with me if he does that as a setup to it, but um. Uh, yeah, that, he, he's good. Uh, I like his match. I thought that Ryder was a great foil for him in this. It's obvious that they want to push Mojo coming out of this little mini feud. Um, I, honestly, with the buildup this has had over the past week and also, you know, the inherent grudge match in a tag team breaking up, I was shocked this was on the pre-show. Like, this this, this felt like it was a main, a main card kind of a match. Um, and as far as where, where he's going from here... Uh, I I I I feel like they could get this done. Is uh, it could be uh, a lot of fun to see a Mojo versus Gronk at Mania kind of a thing because they're gonna get some celebrity in there and they have this grudge between them now, so that could be fun. I I am kind of happy it happened on the pre-show because as we saw this crowd waned. This this show started off real hot, yeah, and by true. the end of it, the crowd just wasn't there as much. So I'm kind of glad they got the benefit of being the first people out there, or, or at least the first televised match out there, and got that reaction. So a good effort from those two. I definitely, definitely did not expect Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Roode to have my pick for match of the weekend on pro wrestling pay-per-view. And I really liked the the Matt Taven-Will Osprey match. I really liked the six-man tag match on Final Battle. I loved the tag team match tonight, but I thought this was – the best match, and that's saying it, considering that I was not interested in this match at all to start off. It was almost an uphill battle. Uh, the, the first thing that I noticed was that Dolph Ziggler belonging was a talking point, something that will be addressed by us and will probably have to be addressed on TV. It kind of already has been by Baron Corbin. But his music was scratched out again after returning last week then when he wins the match, it plays again. I don't know what's going on. Inside the match, there was like fast and furious action with little downtime. Corbin had really good heat with the crowd and delivers some stiff clotheslines in this match. Like when when Corbin was throwing that arm out there, he was making sure that uh, he connected with a force. Tower of Doom spot, I am totally over that spot. I would love to see it go away for about a year. There's a really nice counter of the Glorious DDT into Ziggler's DDT. Uh, a finishing sequence I just thought was unbelievable. Rude connects with a Spine Buster and a Glorious DDT on Ziggler. Corbin runs in as to break up the, the pinfall, but, but Rude throws him out. But pins Ziggler in a manner in which Corbin can uh, yank Rude out of the ring. Then, as Corbin lands his finish on Rude, Ziggler zigzags him for the win. 
Uh, Anna, I love this open, this three guys I didn't give a damn about, but I want to know how you, how you felt about it. And, uh, first off, we'll start with the in ring and then we'll kind of go with the follow up and why Ziggler was in this match. I loved that finish. That final zigzag looked awesome. Um, I actually really loved this match, and yeah, I was as surprised as you by that. They, the storytelling was completely solid, and it was all based on a character basis. Everything they did, every everything was motivated by these guys' characters. Um, there was a spot where Corbin was beating up uh, Rude in the ring, and then Ziggler was just hanging out by ringside, and Corbin just decided to jump out and then run Ziggler into the barricade because, I mean, it's a stupid move if you're trying to win a match, but that's what Corbin does. He likes to prove a point. He likes to be the bully. It was perfect. Um, and I noticed as well the whole um, – when they brought back Ziggler's theme song last week, I was like, oh, cool, he found his smile again. And then they didn't have it tonight, and then they played it at the end. Um, and I guess that kind of is a good summation of what are they doing with him right now? Um, I didn't see this one coming. I thought they were going to keep it on Corbin. Uh, someone said that possibly this is like he, his contract is up for negotiation at the end of the year or something. And this would be either a final hurrah or a way to keep him around or something. I just hope that they actually have some kind of character development with him. If they're going to move forward with this, if they're going to actually make something of the spot, then please make something of him because for a long time it's been the same shtick and it, it needs to – something needs to change. Tick and deliver. That was obvious tonight. And, you know, I want to be behind this guy. It's just there's no reason outside of the ring. Seems like every few months Dolph Ziggler's contract is a concern and an issue. <laughs> Like just just all the time, Alex. I know you were one of the one of the people saying, well, "Why is Dolph Ziggler in this match?" Initially, I was going to say, "Well, because he, he beat Bobby Roode, and nobody else does really." And then I looked, and Bobby Roode beat him twice immediately following that. Like, yep. so there's really no reason. Was that a major hindrance on you enjoying this match, or were you able to kind of? Well, here's the yeah okay. So the whole thing is everyone's when I asked for somebody needs to give me a k a kayfabe reason why Dolph was even included in this match to begin with. Sure. Everyone started giving me business reasons, like <laughs> you know we want to keep him around. No, 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 like the character. Why one of the characters of Shane or Daniel Bryan would say to the character of Dolph Ziggler, "You deserve to be in this match" after not being on TV for like six weeks. Like he wasn't, he was only involved in like the Survivor Series brawls. That was it between like his, his program with Rude Ending and, and this. He wasn't even on TV. So I hope the kayfabe reason is that he is a giant celebrity because of the cricket commercials. <laughs> that must be that has to be the reason. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> yeah, those are the oh, dirt God. worst. The dirt oh, worst. Creeptastic, too. Um, but. <laughs> I, I've always been a fan of his work in the ring. I just, I, I just don't – this would just still make any, any sense to me. Honestly, I felt like the actual reason, like business-wise, why he was being included in this was so Rude could pin him and you could give Rude the belt while keeping Corbin relatively strong because they wanted Corbin to keep feuding with Rude, with, with Rude as champion. That's what I thought they were, they were heading towards. Ziggler winning this thing, I honestly have no idea what the plan is at this point. Obviously, Corbin has 
a very good reason to be upset with him being included in the match. So they're going to be build with that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And yeah, I, I liked the zigzag uh, spot to end the match. Uh, I liked it better when they did it with uh, AJ and Corbin earlier the year. Uh, because uh, that one, uh, the end of days, was actually landed on AJ. If you watch this one, like Rude kind of lands on his ass, butt kind of rolls away. Like, whoops, took that one wrong. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it, this is great and unexpected. I always look for an unexpected result in a pay per view because it keeps me on my toes. So Jeff, I can finally get you to agree. He does. Baron Corbin doesn't rock bottom himself. He zigzags himself. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. That's what it is. What did you think of the match? I liked the match a lot. I liked these first two matches quite a bit. Um, I did too. Mojo, Mojo, and uh, Zach. I thought over delivered. I think Mojo, just to backtrack just a little bit, is going to go on a bit of a run in the Rumble if they can get Gronk for Mania. I, I think that's going to be the build. God, I can't um, imagine the Patriots giving WWE Gronk with all the injury problems that he has after the Super Bowl. I think. I mean, if he if they win, I think I think they're not going to care. Uh, as for this match, I no, I really liked it. I thought Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode both over-delivered here. I was a little bit shocked at how over Bobby Roode was with this crowd, to be honest with you. I thought this crowd was hot all night, which surprised me for a B-minus, maybe even C-level pay-per-view in December that meant virtually nothing. This crowd really got into a lot of these matches. As for Dolph winning... Um, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm done with Dolph in the WWE. I am. I, I, I want to see him go somewhere else and be really, really good because I don't it can think, be, I yeah, don't, I, I think he's hit his ceiling here. I think no matter how good he is, no matter how many titles they give him, they're not going to allow him the skill set to get over to the level that I think his ceiling actually is. And I, you know what? I was looking forward to seeing twin magic between him and Cody Rhodes in New Japan. Uh, as, <laughs> with the tied hair. <laughs> as, as we've seen, though, WWE doesn't seem to like doing a lot of people favors as they head out. Like, I thought for sure they would have done something nice for Mark Henry. And then Mark Henry just kind of quietly announced, hey, guys, I'm retired, by the way. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, by BT dubs, I'm not wrestling anymore after two decades and world championship runs. No, that's that's not the place where Dolph Ziggler is in his career. But, you know, I could also see Dolph Ziggler being the guy that's like, you know what, I'm going to do stand-up comedy for good. Yeah, you know, and I've seen him do stand-up comedy. And good. if he's improved, fine. But what I want to see is something like the Chris Jericho serious turn somewhere else. That's what I want to mm-hmm. see with Dolph Ziggler. He really has to reinvent himself from head to toe, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Backstage, there's a painful segment where Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan are discussing the plausible nature of two refs. More on that later. <laughs> Alex, Rusev and Aiden English are baby faces. That's what Undeniably. they are. That's what they have to be. You got to do it. You got to go with it, right? Like, I don't care if this is one city on earth. They're, they're baby faces now. But it's not. There's no reason why Boston loves them more than anybody else. Sure. The, but what reason are they even heels is what I want to know. Like, why would, <laughs> why can't you just make this baby face tomorrow? They did it with the Usos, right. and it's Be, worked great. Because Rusev's been a heel his entire time in the WWE, and Aiden English is this pompous ass who likes to sing. 
like that's that those that's how the WWE decides what heels are. Like it's just obvious to them these are heel gimmicks. But the crowd has said, no, we love them because they're great. We we, we like them because they're funny and they're they're fun to watch. So we're gonna cheer for them and laugh at their shtick. Like so if these guys aren't baby faces by, you know, let's say the second week of January, let's give them a little while to like figure out how to phase them into turning face. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're doing because these, they, they were getting Rusev day chance and they'll get them on Tuesday and they'll get them on the day after Christmas and they'll keep get, getting them because listen, you've made a Rusev day shirt. It's undeniable. People aren't buying that because they hate him. They're buying that because they love the guy, you know, he's over. Anna, the kid at school who gets, like, he gets pancakes poured all over him. Does he get complimented for such or clowned for such? Complimented. I mean, they were just flapjacks all over the poor kid. If he gets teased for that, those kids are idiots. Like, that is something that you, you blow up and you frame and put it on the wall and their parents make it the star on the Christmas tree. Oh, That's I, how good that was. I bronzed the flapjacks and put them as a sculpture on my wall. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. who do you think's making these flapjacks backstage? <laughs> I think they've been in catering all day and it's just left over from all the guys who don't want carbs. Um, mm. Although I did enjoy Byron Saxon going, man, I wish they had pecans and brown yeah. sugar. <laughs> Byron Saxon is phenomenal at trolling heels. I don't care if people hate him overall as a distraction. When he trolls Corey, he's 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 fantastic. There are times you can tell he's in on it. Then there are times when he says really <laughs> dumb stuff like he did on SmackDown. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, that didn't overtake anything tonight. Uh, to round off the awesome category, the Usos cut a great promo before this match. Also, both VOD villains got ta- got uh, title shots this weekend. Simon Gotch competed against Silas Young at the Ring of Honor tapings. <laughs> so good for them. Happy Rusev Day, by the way. Yes. And also the match you. breaks down immediately and there are a lot of scary but kind of like unimpressive dives where people looked like they were gonna like kill themselves. Shelton and Jimmy Uso do a very nice belly to belly superplex though that kind of gets things started off. Now this match was constructed way differently than anything I've ever seen. It was a four four way tag match with a member of each team in the ring. Now, this is particularly odd because from a working standpoint, it changes almost everything. You've got to cut off the ring. You work half of a ring. So you're no longer working in a square. You're working in a rectangle. There are little things like you can't Irish whip somebody. There's no necessity. Like the unwritten pro wrestling rule is if somebody has their back on the mat and they're prone, you pin them. That's kind of out the window here because you've got a guy standing two feet away so it's almost like a waste of time. Anna, what did you think about the style of working this match like this? I had never seen like <laughs> competing rest holds, but that's what we got. And they, they like Aiden English would sing during them. Like we had a lot of little different touches. I really liked it because it was something very different. We've seen a new day and the Usos in pay-per-view spots for the last few pay-per-views. And yeah, they had to pull out something different, and this was it. And I thought it was it was great. There's a chaos in the beginning, and then they slowed it down, and it was just two teams constantly on the bottom, two teams in control. But the two teams in control were always trolling each other across the ring. Um, 
there was one point that New Day were targeting everyone in the corners and then you just have the ref, like this really disappointed dad just going, no, no, no. And then Woods in the corner, I think someone kicks someone in the corner and then you just hear Woods off camera going, are you okay? Like just little things like that, that by separating the ring and by calming everything down a little bit, it's all the little nuances that you could then appreciate. Um, I'm not the biggest Gable and Benjamin fan. I once again referred to them as the douches in my notes. But Gable, German those two big guys. My God. Holy, yeah. Everybody. Wow. He didn't discriminate, but especially Biggie and yeah. Rusev. That was remarkable. Like, damn, man. Just just insane. Also, that mushroom stomp that Kofi did to Aiden English was particularly gross. And I thought that Aiden English was hurt, but he got up and he was fine. There are some really good short power bombs by Shelton. And then he catches Kofi with one that looks really cool, too. Uh, the ref, I guess, doesn't care that Shelton's in the ring. He's just like, hey, what's up, man? English pulls him out, gives him his finish. Then does a, a nice spine buster on Gable for two. There's a bunch of uh, false finishes. Big E tries to work out of the accolade, but as Anna mentioned, just German suplexes everywhere. The Usos get the win after what I thought was an awesome match. Jeff, your thoughts on the match and the, the kind of the different way of working it? Uh, absolute mess, but it was a fun mess. Um, also on the Gable German suplexes, Aiden English landed on his damn neck when he took his. I mean, that one looked brutal. Out of all the three of them. Um, and I totally bit on Aiden English getting the pin in this I match. Too. I bit on that hard. I went, there it is. No. Oh, okay. I was like, they called the audible. Yeah. I thought they had too. I thought either him or, and then when Rusev kept on almost getting, I thought, well, maybe. And then after the second one, I went, oh, no, that's a shame. Um, I was <laughs> waiting for an eight person drop kick with them all. I was. I wanted it. I needed it. It didn't happen, but it would have been funny. I personally don't care for these kinds of matches only because I don't think you want your entire division in one match to lose. But I think they did a lot for Gable in the match. Oh, as we found out later, it was not their whole division. No, 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 it was not. Um, I'm sure Anna's going to have a nice uh, nice uh, eulogy for Brizongo later. Um <laughs> I, you know, I, I just it was it was a mess. It was a fine mess. There were some nice spots, but it's a lot of. Again, Anna brought this up. Two teams on the outside sleeping while the other two work for a while until you get to these big kind of, you know, type of uh, set pieces that they have. But overall, you know, it was fine. I thought Rusev and and English got some good looks in. I think Benjamin and Gable got some good looks in. They were the two teams that needed it most because they were the two weakest teams coming in, and the Usos getting the win. They deserve the win. They're the best team in the division right now. They deserve to continue this reign. And, um, you know, it was fine for what it was. And, and it, it got hot towards the end. Alex. Yeah, um, this was my match of the night, uh, even though it made no sense. Um, <laughs> like, as soon as I was like, wait a minute, there's four guys in the ring. And you know, can only tag your partner, but there's no DQ rules so because it's a four-way. So why would anybody stand on the ring apron just waiting for a tag? Why don't you just it really seemed like the middle of this pay-per-view, whoever booked it was just like, let's see what, what our roster can overcome. Right. It's just, it was ridiculous, but I, I loved every bit of it. I loved the times where guys would team up. 
Uh, like I loved the back and forth between uh, Big E and Uso number two. Uh, wish I could. I still can't take those guys apart. I wish I could. Especially since one's lost weight. I know. I can't even go fat Uso, skinny Uso anymore. They're both those medium Usos. But um, but I, I loved all this. I loved. Listen, okay. The one of my favorite things in all the WWE is the Rusev. Oh my God! I really thought that was two. Uh, it was three face. Like his, yeah, can't believe I almost had the win. And I realized that the reason he does that better than everybody else in WWE is because he feuded for so long with Cena and Roman Reigns, which is just basically always getting near falls and never quite getting the pin. Uh, so he's got a lot of practice. Um, this was so much fun. Like when I first saw uh, Chad Gable hit that ridiculous chaos theory rolling German suplex thing on Baron Corbin in in NXT, I thought, wait a minute. Like, that was nuts. But doing the, doing the deadlift one to Rusev, then the chaos theory on Big E, like, this guy's in- incredible. Like, this is, it turned out to be these four teams who, of guys that I love for different reasons. Um, and it was just, it was just insanity. Uh, and I, I loved every bit of it. And it, the right team won. The Usos absolutely deserve to keep those belts. Um, uh, I hope they don't do anything stupid like putting the belts on the Bludgeon Brothers. How dare you? But I, I know. The Bludgeon Brothers, let's go ahead and talk about them. They squashed Brizongo. And, I mean, that's the way this was always going to be. Right. It wasn't going to be anything else. But, uh, Anna, I'll give you the first word on this. <laughs> first of all, when was it officially announced that the Bludgeon Brothers were the ones that trashed the office, were the ones behind everything? It hasn't been yet. Yeah. So why, 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 why? They didn't need this. Was senseless killing tonight. <laughs> now that that's my gripe here. Okay, like they looked very beautiful coming out there. I really liked Breeze's new attire, and it's very Police Academy esque inspired. I'm biased when I say that, but I loved it. And then they came out, and they they died pretty, um, but they died. Um, I did enjoy though. I think it. Like someone, probably Tom Phillips or someone on commentary asked, is there like a mercy rule or something uh, when the two men were being brutally beaten to death? Pretty much, yeah. And then there was that promo at the end, the future holds more bludgeoning. <laughs> they, they've got to be so careful. They just, there's so much that they can do right with these guys, just minimise the talking. But we did get... Um, Harper slapping Rowan in the face during the promo, which is good because I thought we missed the slap in the middle of the ring. Um, you gotta have one, Jeff have and have or, one. Uh, Alex. Rather, any thoughts on this, this squash and subsequent promo? And do they do they challenge for the titles next, or do they get a new batch of squash know. matches? They'll, they'll probably, here's, the thing, here's the thing: is that if these were new guys, if they were call ups from NXT. If the if this was the first time we were seeing the Authors of Pain on the main roster, absolutely. Have them have them beat, beat a bunch of series of jobbers. Have them end the the hype bros as a tag team. Have them squash the the, the Brizongo on a pay per view. But this is Harper and Rowan. We know who these dudes are. You don't need to like pr- prove they're bona fides. Yeah, it's not like you were saying different characters. Rowan's they got new outfits, Alex. Rowan's still wearing the sheep mask. It's the same dudes. We know who they are. You don't have like you. Can they don't have first names. names. I'm sorry, I disagree. They are they are 
They are Harper Bludgeon and Rowan Bludgeon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. I, I'd forgotten. Jeff, that's but, all um, I need you to say about that segment. We will move on. I want a war machine to kill him. <laughs> hey, that, that's something that could happen. <laughs> so, this Lumberjack match, boy, it was a trash fire. Lumberjacks get involved early. I really resent Natalia taunting in every championship match she has. It takes a lot of the urgency out of it for me when she does that. Her sell of chops by throwing her hands up every time was a little weird. The camera work was just miserable in this match. Naomi does this really awesome springboard dive, and she had to. She was the only baby face out there with, like, six heel women does this Six great, Regina Georges. Yeah, as they admitted. She does this great dive, and WWE does three camera cuts from the time that she gets up on the rope and lands. I was like, my God, it's, it's unnecessary. Natalia locks in the sharpshooter. Lumberjacks pull her out. This is a real mess. Carmella teases a cash-in. It gets broken up. Charlotte managed to hit none of the women with a moonsault to the outside, like... But Lana falling was really funny. So there was that. A quick sharpshooter counter into the figure eight gets the win. Let's talk about the match before we talk about the aftermath. Jeff, this absolute um, pile. Yeah, um, I, I'm i going to make another note that I've made here before. Anywho, uh, on the natty thing that you brought up, all the women do this. Sasha Banks does this in the middle of her matches it. when she plays heel. All the heel women do this taunting thing in the middle that really kills the action in the ring in a lot of ways. I mean, it's... it's Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save very, very odd. It gets heat. Psych. Yeah. No, it makes um, you look dumb. They did not think out properly that this lumberjack match in terms of who should be attacking who. Liv hit her partner. Exactly. I was going to bring that up. You just <laughs> stole it. Yeah, Liv hit Sarah Logan in the back of the head. You have heels fighting heels to get to fighting heels. It, it was just, it, and it's just, Why? Just just kick people when they're down. You don't need the alliances thing just yet until it breaks down. You, I mean, it was just, it was a mess. The moonsault spot, I thought, well, it, I'm sure it sounded good on paper. And and it just didn't look good when they did the flip. She lands on her feet and then everybody kind of falls. Yeah. Um, that moonsault with her, her gymnastics background, I mean, I know pretty. it's yeah, it's pretty, especially when you do it from the top rope to the outside, because you can land on your feet like she's been conditioned to do for her entire life. When you do it in the ring, she almost looks like she over-rotates sometimes. But when you do it outside the ring, it looks really pretty. However, when you whiff on six or seven people, man, that's bad. That's 0 oh, for 6. That's Alonzo Ball, we'll call it. That's that's officially <laughs> what we're naming that. Uh, Anna... Any thoughts uh, about this match and anything we haven't touched on? It was boring. 
it was really damn boring. And there was no difference between this match because there aren't that many women on that roster as well. Having them as lumberjacks, it just looked like another match on SmackDown. And in terms of Natty's um, calling out to the audience, whatever you call that, there were three. You like Charlotte? Shut up. Just shut up. You're a 35-year-old woman having a toddler tantrum. It's, it's really frustrating. I think last week someone said um, Vince often self-prophesizes of how things are going to go and then he consciously or subconsciously makes it come true. I feel like his attitude towards the women's division hasn't really changed. He's been forced it to change in the company over the last few years. But now, I mean, if that's true about just the new writers coming in and, and taking care of this division, of course it's going to go down. It, they're driving into the ground. Like I, I do enjoy women's wrestling. I've seen it on the indies. I've seen it at EPW. It can be awesome. But it needs good scripting behind it, like anything in pro wrestling, because it's sports entertainment. The entertainment part needs to be there. This is shit. And when Carmella came in to nearly cash in the briefcase, I was like, okay, well, this is something. And then Ruby came in and kicked her, and that was it. It's just I don't care anymore. Alex, I don't know where this Natalia promo that happened after the match is going. She's She cried real tears. She was very emotional. I thought it was probably the best delivery she's ever had in a promo that I've ever heard in my life. It seemed very real to her. You know, we've had there are a lot of people speculating maybe she's leaving, but she didn't go all Batista, like she didn't quit or anything like that. She said she was turning her back on the fans, which I mean, I'm sure that most heels believe they are the good guy anyway. But I mean, I'm I where where do you see this Natalia thing going and what did you think of the post match promo? It was stupid. Like she's <laughs> she's she's been a heel for like two and a half years. Like, yeah, what the hell? You're a heel you now. To do. You don't you don't get to like say like you guys hate me, so now I'm gonna turn my back on you, even though I've you've you've been hating me for a long time. I only just now realized it. And I'm really upset about it. Like that you that what what does that what does that prove? Besides, like is, could that that do they think that's a face turn? Because really, you have. You have Charlotte, you have uh, Naomi, and when she gets back from filming the movie, you have Becky. Everybody else is a heel. So, like, you could figure out ways of, of, of turning one of them, but you really can't because the Riot Squad just got there. they got to stay heels for a while. Nobody likes Tamina. Attempt, nobody likes Tamina or Lana. Are you kidding me? Um, uh, they, they, might, they might like Lana, but, but is but, she going to be a valuable in-ring she, character? But, no. Yeah, exactly. Then you would have to have her win matches if she was the heel. Eventually. Yeah. Um, Car- Carmella, like you could do something where like, where this is, I'm just spitballing one quick, quick way of having a second women's feud. You could have Ruby Riot come in and keep attacking Carmella over and over and over again until Carmella begs for a match with, uh, with Ruby Riot. And Ruby Riot says, okay, fine. I will. But I, I have one stipulation. I don't care what stipulation is. I want you in the ring. It's for the briefcase. All of a sudden, now, possibly, you could have Carmella become babyface in that match. You could have the possibility of somebody getting the briefcase who might actually use it. Like, there's all kinds of different things you could do. But all, of a, all we have is Charlotte versus Natty again. Like, somebody do some research and figure out how many matches they've had in the past two years. 
it's got to be, you know, on pay-per-views. It's way too many. Uh, and, and that's it. And, oh, we, we have all these women we should use. Let's make them lumberjacks. And how will we book the lumberjack match? Oh, I know. The exact same way we book every lumberjack match, where it's mostly heels on the outside, and if the heel gets thrown outside, nobody does anything to her. Until there's a big brawl, only, only so they can be set up so somebody jumps from the inside of the ring to the outside. It's just, it's, this, this whole thing was a charade. It was terrible. <laughs> Jeff, anything to add? I'm, I'm still getting over the, the word charade. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking that maybe the natty thing was the start of a turn towards the face because of the unevenness. Like one of those things where it's like, oh, you guys don't like me. And then she learns that they really do like her. And then she becomes a terrible baby face uh, to, to match. Yeah, you know what? That sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, again, I, I didn't like the Naomi spot only because I don't think it makes sense for the lumberjacks to be doing spots in the middle of somebody else's match, but I get why they do it. Sure. Um, other than that, nothing really much to add. It was a mess. KO and Zane defeated Nakamura and Randy Orton. I did not like this match. Brian and Shane McMahon are really trying to figure it out. Orton botched a clothesline attempt early, but there was this hilarious spot where Nakamura does a great flying triangle. And for some reason, because the move was so pretty, Shane, instead of counting a pin, <laughs> triangle, triangle, like Phil Jackson. For the Bulls Listen, in the 90s I gotta. I have to say something about this before we move on. Like, triangle. <laughs> so, so th- th- this just yelling triangle doesn't mean anything. Like <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. like what this reminded me of is my my 11 month old daughter has one of those little things that if you push buttons it says something. And there's all these shapes like circle, square, triangle. And if you push the <laughs> triangle button, it's a voice says, triangle, triangle. Triangle, and she just loves hitting the triangle button because she likes the way it sounds, and it makes her giggle. And that's what this, this is. This also this- made me giggle. Oh my god! <laughs> like Dana Bryan's, like, hey, bro, his shoulders wore down. Yeah, but triangle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the good spots of this match. Bullfrog splashed through the table on Nakamura. Zane blew thunderbomb. Daniel Bryan misses the two count, and Shane is livid. I did like the small package reversal, because so often when that happens, a ref is slow to get there. But because there were two refs, they were quick to get there. But uh, Shane uh, eventually looks away, and Bryan does a fast count. Anna, did you did you enjoy this? Did this finish do anything for you? I mean... Shane's kind of a dick. I mean, a, a taint. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that he is. Um, tonight confirmed that and also confirmed that Daniel Bryan is a goat. The goat, a goat, goat. Um, so it was a six-man match pretty much. Um, I was glad to see during the broadcast earlier in the night, Shane and Daniel backstage still discussing how they were going to double ref this. That's well within WWE tradition. Um, I didn't. I didn't mind this. It was. It was entertaining. It was a bit of a cluster. Sammy had some excellent lines at the start of the 
at the start of the match, he was yelling at someone on commentary who said, are you looking pretty boy? It's all for you. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that. Um, there was an Anchorman reference from him with the second pinfall attempt where they both tried to count at the same time. And <laughs> you see Sammy going, what is this, amateur hour? So I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> there were some cool little spots and veil to Sammy's balls again. This is, I can't even count how many matches this year where he's been, his genital area has been um, destroyed mercilessly. I can't even say that word on the clothesline. That's how destroyed I am that his balls are now gone. I said that word aloud, didn't I? Um, yes. And then we had that ending. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. And I don't know. It's where is are we done with this now? Triangle. It's, triangle. Are we done with this now though? Like obviously it's going to go now to Daniel and Shane. Is KO and Sammy, are they gonna continue on? Is it done with Orton and Nakamura? They were kind of just left angry on Matt. Um I guess that's for the new year, but it was just kind of like as with the last minute trying to figure out how two refs are going to work. It kind of feels like last minute. Okay. What's, what's the payoff for this? Balls. Jeff, you seem like you're about to <laughs> burst of laughter. Please explain why. <laughs> Just Anna, Anna giving the uh, requiem for, for Sammy Zane's uh, uh, scrotum is, is something. Um, It's been a lot this year. Come on. <laughs> Out of all the finishes they could have done, this is possibly the least satisfying. And I'll tell you why I think that. Number one, we need to check on Daniel Bryan after taking that hellacious bump. How is his health right now? Um, Number two, it feels like they have an out here where Daniel Bryan just in a rash moment of anger because of Shane doing the bad count decided to just count three and they're not going to go full heel with Daniel Bryan. I think that's the way they're going to go. Even I though they ever were going to go full heel with Daniel. And I, because that's he's exactly it. He's in the right. Exactly it. He did something terrible, but he's still in the right over this, which makes no damn sense whatsoever for any of this. Other than we're going to continue to fill space on the TV show with days of our Shane. And we're going to keep on going with this thing just the, the the dumbfounded look of Shane post match is me on this story. Just the oh, type of thing that he had going in the ring there. I just I they're gonna justify him doing something bad because Shane did something bad. So nobody's gonna be bad. We're gonna have angry Randy probably somewhere in here, and Nakamura is gonna be Nakamura. Alex, we don't usually get to hear your, your SmackDown thoughts on these main storylines. So uh, this whole thing, what you got? <laughs> Listen, so there was a first spot in the match where there was the first uh, count that was being done. And, and Brian and McMahon both counted it. But like, like one, two, oh, should it be, should I, you, me, you, me? And I was like, this is going to be the most overbooked match in the history of WWE. <laughs> And I'm just going to sit back and watch it because it's going to be terrible, but it's going to be fun. And I was right about the first part, wrong about the second part. It was terrible, and it wasn't fun. Because 
<sighs> I wish I wasn't going to say this, but anything with Shinsuke Nakamura on the main roster has been bad. And Randy Orton, with his weird hair, is still bad. I don't care about those two guys. They're definitely not my idea of heroes out to vanquish the evil Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who I like much more than I used to. Like, the Yep movement is amazing. Um, and Shane McMahon is legitimately a tyrant who deserves to lose everything that he wants. So, like, I don't want Like, you want, they want me to be on the wrong side of this, and that's not going to help. Um, also, Daniel Bryan... What's going on there? What's all that squeaking, Alex? That's not me. That was me handling my office door that decided to fly open in the middle of a podcast. Okay. Uh oh. Um, (laughs) The cats are rebelling. Everybody (laughs) run! Rebelling. Making a break for it. Uh, Yeah, Daniel. Daniel Bryan comes out of this looking like he's right, even though he's in the wrong because Shaver Man was more in the wrong because, as we've seen in the past. Shane McMahon loves to not count the three. They did that to Austin like 20 years ago, and that was really fun. Um, yeah, no, this is just this was always going to be bad, but they didn't they didn't actually really do anything. Like, we all knew Kevin and Sammy weren't gonna get fired because, spoiler alert, Sammy Zayn's one of the participants in the mixed match challenge. So Thanks for letting us know ahead of time. So that- while I was gone, I understand you talked about Randy Orton's hair transplants. I didn't say they were transplants. I said they were bad hair. It's his hair. He can do with it what he wants. <laughs> yeah. I'll mess this hair up if I want to mess this hair up. Exactly. Main event time. <laughs> AJ Styles, Jinder Mahal. Styles of the leg sweep to the outside on Jinder that had to hurt. There were three zooms on the snake eyes onto the ropes. It was miserable. Miserable. Uh, AJ Styles gets whipped hard into the barricade. Jinder works over the midsection. He does a gut buster. Uh, Styles lands on the ropes on a phenomenal forearm attempt. Styles has that really great, fast strike comeback, and Jinder bumped for it real hard. Like Jinder took the clothesline really stiff and made it look like a million bucks. Jinder with a nice, like, heaving flapjack that I hadn't really seen before. Then Styles has to take out the Singh brothers, eats a Coloss for two. The calf crusher ends up getting it done, but one thing that kind of took away from this match for me, Jeff, was the ref's cadence, which was real weird. Like, if I, I mean, maybe by I how, hold on, by how pronounced it was, or how, yeah, well, how inconsistently pronounced it was yeah. one, two, and then he throws the arm up for like an extra three. And I'm like, whoa, 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 one doesn't, one isn't more important than three. Like, well, I mean, three is more important than one, but they're supposed to be the same time. I, I tend to it. think it may have been for gender. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I viewed this match a lot as as your kind of your mid nineties little guy, big guy match, kind of uh in the in the realm of Bret Hart and uh Sid or a Shawn Michaels and Diesel type of thing. Um I thought AJ was fine. He tends to take one of these bumps like he does uh did on that snake eyes going over the top now once a match. I think that's now a gimmick of his. And I don't particularly enjoy it because I always think he's Gonna end up really hurting himself on one of these one of these days. I like it. I like that he takes he takes bumps a little bit differently. No, I like the bump itself, but it always just looks like he's he's unnecessarily killing himself 
for the sake of 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 getting over that spot, which you know, I like it. It's just one of those things where I, I worry sometimes. Sean, I care about the children. Um I I could have done without commentary really putting over gender over and over in this match. I, I get why they did it. He's gonna lose. We're cooling him off. We just want to let you know that he is a legitimate threat to the world title. And we're going to keep telling you that over and over and He's over. He's a legitimate that, threat to me staying awake. And that, and that was, and that was the whole point of the match. This was, this was a gender reclamation in losing type of thing. I was half shocked. They didn't turn a baby face at the end of this dumb thing. What but, you think <laughs> the match itself, like the in ring. Like I, eh, I thought AJ was great. And I thought, uh, I thought, you know, I thought Jinder worked like a big man, and it was fine for what it was. But I don't think he did anything particularly great in it. Anna Bauer, Jinder Mahal, it looks like he is done at this very tip top. I mean, maybe he'll face Cena or something at WrestleMania. Who knows? But that's that's a speculation, not in the plans or anything. But did this match speak to you in any sort of way? No. Not particularly. Um, I mean, Jindo over the last six months has definitely gotten better in the ring. And it's unfortunate the way that they booked him and the, what they've written for him because, you know, I think going forward, if this push is done and they do decide to keep him, hopefully they don't be complete dicks about it and they do let him stay on. He can now be in a position that's right for him and he can take what he's learned and do it his own way. And we can actually see something from him that isn't this. Once again, we got USA chance and it's like, dude, it's not country versus country. This is good taste versus bad judgment. That's just what this entire thing has been. Um, and AJ always. Easy for the non-American to say. <sighs> AJ up here. That's what he's learned. <laughs> guys, come on! I'm trying to give the guy some credit. I'm um, not. It's not good. I, I swear. You cannot I, I say that this guy forgot. has. I thought he almost say. forgot how to do a cobra clutch again. Okay, from the beginning of this title run till now, there has been improvement. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes. he shouldn't have been in this position from the beginning. But you cannot say that this guy has just stalled the entire six months. No, he shouldn't well, be I mean, in this I position. Can... I don't know, because before that, we never saw him work these kinds of matches. I, maybe he could have had this type of match with an AJ Styles a year ago. No, he could I don't know. I, I, from, no, his, I, from his I, first I, championship match to now, the, there is improvement, and you can't deny they're that. Different, they're different. Of course, they're, he, his first championship match was against Randy Orton. Randy Orton doesn't give a damn about anything. No, but I agree with Anna in that he had to learn on the fly how to work main event style, whereas he had been working you know, the three-minute squash match style. For a while, yeah, so sure. I mean, I mean, I mean look, like, you, you I, I'm not like, I'm the, yeah, I'm not like looking forward, like, well, what's what's next for him? Randy Orton had hair plugs on his mind in April or May, like he didn't give a damn about Jinder Mahal. <laughs> he was no, trying to get and that he hair. shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been in the spot. That's that was obvious from the get go, and that's my stance on it from the get go. Now that this is done, I I don't know. I hope the best for these guys. They work their asses off and I want to see good things for them. And now that he can be in a position that is actually right for him, I want to see good stuff for him. I don't want to see any more of this racist shit coming out of this, you know, AJ, I'm up here. Like, 
he's been a joke. I don't, I don't want that for him. I mean, there's um, just the possibility that the guy isn't good. The guy okay, just well then, isn't any good. Let that naturally play out then. It has for the last several in- years. Yeah, we've had this. this we, we've, we've excluded happening. Alex from this conversation. We gotta, we gotta get Alex in on this. Hey, I want to make one here. more point, though. I want to make one more point. Sure. You cannot say that this man has not been changed over the course of the run. So now it is a chance of yeah, what he was doing before that yeah, was bad. That's, but that's now like, you don't know what he can do. Who in wouldn't another- be? Who wouldn't be if they were working with Orton and Nakamura than AJ Styles? If like if Mojo Raleigh was given that, like maybe he would have improved. Yeah, that way, so like saying that you know he was shit to begin with. Now it's saying, well, he's a different, he he's a different person now, or a different performer now. So let's see what there is. He could still be shit in in another position. We know that this championship position doesn't suit him. I'm saying, I mean, that's you know, let's like just see. The, the benchmark for like, let's see how it works out. It's like, well, he was shit before, and he hasn't been that impressive during the run. But maybe yeah, he's but it, less shit now. Position. Like that's not that's not the benchmark for entertainment. No, but let's just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not discounting him. I'm just saying, let's see what happens. It could be shit still, and that could be the end of Mahal. But I'm, I'm not discounting it. Alex, your thoughts on this main event? I don't feel the need to ever see Jinder Mahal wrestle anyone ever again. I feel like I've seen his best work. I feel like it was tonight. Um, it was passable. Uh, but... I honestly feel like AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world and he's the best wrestling <laughs> partner in the world. So, so <clears throat> listen, listen, don't let the hat fool you. I'm giving you some good takes here. <laughs> um, he's the best wrestling partner in the world and he can, he can have a match with anybody and make that guy look like a million bucks. And he proved that tonight because like, I, I mean, it's a, I am could, really could, afraid you're going to catch on fire, Alex. No, I'm not. I'm good. Um, those Christmas lights. Not uh, could. I won't. I won't. I won't lie to you. They're hot on the back of my neck, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing through it because I'm a professional. Listen, um, <laughs> I honestly believe that that uh, AJ Styles could have this basic match with just some six five stiff. You know, like that. That's it. Like it's the. You know, he he can sell like like crazy for anybody. And this was this match was fine, but it, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. And I was scared for a while they were actually going to put the title back on Jinder because it didn't make any sense to me why this match went on last, if, unless you were going to have this big swerve. Like, I actually tweeted, I thought, okay, well, my hope is that AJ wins the match. And then, like, a new challenger appears, as you said, um, Sean, like in Street Fighter 2. A new challenger appears, and then we get something built toward the Royal Rumble. Like, maybe Cena comes back, whatever. But that didn't happen. So now we're left with, like, Jinder crushed by his defeat at the uh, and is the crushing of his calf uh, at the base of the ramp and AJ celebrating, and we move on to what? I don't know, but, like, Jinder, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with the whole Jinder experiment. Like, I remember when I was actually kind of optimistic about it, like that one crazy time where he came in and stole the belt from Randy Orton after the ridiculous... Uh, House of Horrors match in April, and he ran away through like in a limo, standing up through the through the sunroof. I was like, you know what, this this might be interesting, and I was wrong. It wasn't. 
um it was bad the whole the whole several months was just bad and i'm I, i'm 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 glad to be done with them um the, my, my thing the thing that i will remember most about the jinder mahal run is the Singh brothers bumping for other people yeah not anything that jinder ever did except for maybe that one time where he couldn't figure out how to put his finisher on shinsuke nakamura that's it like i won't remember anything good that he did not not one thing and maybe that's me but like they surely didn't do many favors with the ridiculous promos and and it stuff. But I, I didn't like any of the stuff that happened with his. He was his given run. like stupid source material. Like, oh my god! It's like they 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 looked back and they're like, okay, Tiger Ali Singh didn't work at all. Muhammad Hassan worked, but it didn't work out. It worked a little too well. Let's give him something right in the middle. And see how it goes. And it, it just didn't. It just didn't. That's WWE Clash of Champions. But that's not all the news this weekend. My God. Top Rope Travis uh, on Twitter had posted like in September. Hey, there might be. The XFL might come back. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. So WWE issued a comment to myself and David Bixenspan and several other members of the media saying that Vince McMahon is self-funding perhaps a professional football organization. Now rumors have flown, like maybe it's a conservative answer to the NFL with the, the players kneeling and stuff. And when you look on, when you look on the surface, goddamn, I can't believe I'm saying this. You've got Robert Griffin, the third, you've got Colin Kaepernick, Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel. Alex Palowski, is there any chance they can pay any of those four guys enough money to appear? And if they do, how long before this this idea of whatever football league it is dies completely? Um, I don't think it'll ever come to fruition. Uh, I think they're being coy, but there's no actual intention of doing this. Uh, and and if it happens, the whole point of this league, I believe, will be to make sure that Colin Kaepernick never plays in it. I believe that this what this is about is that the, is that the NFL that we have right now is too liberal, and so we got to get these people like. Rule number one, we stand for the anthem. That's the rule number one. In, in What is it called? Alpha Entertainment? Because there's no beta soy yeah, boy. No. Think about Vince McMahon, though. Think about Vince McMahon. God damn it, he's a heel. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick is a heel. They filed for a trademark on He Hate Me. And if you're old enough to realize what that means, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my Rod, God. Rod Smart. Uh, Anna, any thoughts on this as you weep into your hands? Why? Why? Like, it. The, <clears throat> if the booking this year wasn't already a reflection that Vince is still stuck in the 80s, this is, this is, this is it. Like, what, what, come, why isn't anyone talking about this? Like, I, like, I guess oh, that's stubborn, probably why it's self-funded. I, I'd imagine somebody has. I'd imagine a lot of somebody's have. This is one of those things where I think Kevin Dunn's like, nah, Vince, shitty idea. Shitty idea, unless we do unless we do some extreme close-ups on that ball. His wife is idea. is in the cabinet for small, small businesses. <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm out. I'm yeah. Out. I'm out. Jeff, this failed with NBC last go-around. I get the feeling that uh, NBC ain't hopping on the boat this time. I originally went to the uh, Million Dollar Game. 
So, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was here in Los Angeles at the stadium, and I, I you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, but I think, look, I all all your other points are great, but the the bottom line is people in America will not watch an inferior product. Nice. College football, college yeah. football succeeds due to regional and alma mater loyalty. Uh, the arena football died in most places. Semi-pro leagues have no footing. So you are uh, not loyal to the the nine and three Los Angeles Extreme. Let me finish that, my that point. Won that million dollar game, mind you. I just wish that I liked football, and there wasn't any in LA at the time. Um, cha- cha- you know, the World League of American Football failed here. The Canadian Football League failed here in the states. Um, and I, I tend to think that the one place that a new football league would succeed is the one aspect that Vince McMahon would not ever give control on. The NFL Players Association has always got killed by the owners in negotiations because their bargaining was always weakened because nobody could save their money. Mm-hmm. And if you had a players-type league which had like guaranteed contracts – and things of that nature, you the might NBA. get guys. You might get guys to walk. A league with ownership stake by the players, with those guaranteed contracts, you would get some big names to walk away from the NFL for that. I would think. But Vince McMahon is such a control freak. That's the one thing he never wants is is employee autonomy in in his product. So I just don't see any way that this is just him trying to. You know, this is. This is the equivalent of going back to war with Iraq just to get your dad's one <laughs> one thing off his resume here. I, I think it's a terrible idea. The NBA has moved to where they have, the players are doing very well, and now you're seeing some players that will leave the NBA because they can get a better deal in, like, France or something or China. Like, there are some players who could still play in the NBA, and they're like, I can make a little bit more money over here. Maybe I can come back later. Oh, football. I, I love football, but man, I don't love bad football. <sighs> we're both Bengals fans. <laughs> yeah, that's a mess. That's just a mess in its own. That's a mess in its own what we went through today. Hot diggity damn. Fightful.com, my friends. we got a ton of stuff coming up. Uh, shortly after Christmas, myself, Jeff, and Alex, unfortunately, Anna won't be on it to do uh, – some of the time discrepancies, but we're going to recount or recall the uh, 2005 Royal Rumble. And we're going to provide alternate commentary on there. I have a lot of stories on that. Like I've got some insight on Daniel Pewter. He almost died multiple times in that match in his short experience. Uh, Shane Helms and I did a podcast that covered all of his Royal Rumble experiences that I'll be re-releasing Christmas week. Uh, I've got, of course, a lot of info on Muhammad Hassan. I'm talking to WWE writers. I'm going to have a lot of backstage, behind-the-scenes stuff on this show. And myself, Alex, and Jeff will cue it up, and then you all can kind of watch it with us at any time. That's coming soon. I'm going to release my Fightful Books It Royal Rumble changes. Probably next weekend I'll, I'll do that. That way even non-subscribers of the site can can check it out, but or not non-subscribers, non-members. But head over to Fightful.com and register. It's absolutely free. We're always giving stuff away. And I really want to encourage you guys, of course, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. But we are on Instagram now. We are updating that very regularly. But other than that, Jeff, what do you got going on this week? Uh, This week probably we'll do Shake Them Ropes. I'll talk a little bit about the death of Tom Zank because there's a personal connection in there with me. Um, and not, not to the death itself, but with Tom Zink, um, what do you wording, do? wording Hawkins, get over it. Um, 
And I'm sure Rob and I are going to have some opinions on this Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt headlining the 205 <laughs> Live Tour because this just feels like more instant death coming. Uh, so oh, yeah. that'll be up this week. In addition to uh, myself, you, and Anna doing a lovely SmackDown after show this week, I'm sure. Of course we will. Yes. Speaking of Anna, Anna, what's up with you? Um, just. Still kicking it on with EPW. Don't really get a Christmas break this year. Working three jobs, but it's all good because I love my jobs. Um, follow us at EPW Perth on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that jazz. Um, and I filmed some interviews with Generation Zero, who currently hold all the championships in EPW at the moment. So they will be up in the next couple of weeks. So check them out. Alex. They can follow you at Alex or at Palowski the Fourth. Yes, they can. You did uh, a <laughs> you did an off track about Enzo Amore's penis signature. Yes, um, I did. Uh, I thought it was kind of clever how he was able to uh, put together uh, the E and the A looking like a uh, penis. Uh, however, it is a drawing of a dick and balls, and it's now we've now realized that Enzo Amore literally is a dick. Uh, so you can find that at Fightful.com. A I'm certified sure D, out. you could say. A, a, a certified D. Uh, <clears throat> certified by the state of Delaware. Um, but yes, I'm sure you'll be able to find something um, uh, from me in the coming week uh, on over on, on Fightful.com. Guys, I should have my NWA long-form feature out by the end of the year, I'm hoping. I talked to Tim Storm, who actually told me a great Ahmed Johnson story. Anytime I can get great Ahmed Johnson stories, I'm going to do that interview. But I've talked to him. I've talked to a ton of former NWA champions about this. i talked to Dave Lagana, who helps run the NWA right now, and that's going to be a fun long-form feature. Uh, in the same vein of the Brawl for All, the Shane Crutchton, the Gerald Harris, the Kentucky Commission, and the Muhammad Hassan features I've done. Head over to Fightful.com, share our stories, retweet them, let people know about them, and of course, thumbs up, like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.